Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. We have a great episode for you this week. We got into some great discussions about Elon Musk. We had to this week with all the news. And Facebook. You know, Facebook's been acquiring a lot of companies. They've been consolidating a lot. And Instagram was in the news this week. There's a little bit more of a pattern than you might think. So let's talk about it. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. Once again, my name is Nate Antetomaso. I am in Chicago, Illinois, and I am joined by my co-host, Evan Knowles, down in Lexington. How you doing, man? Doing well. How's your weekend? It's been good. Yeah? We uh, got a good win yesterday. Beat yeah. South Carolina. Oh, my God. I was There's this bar up here in Chicago. Uh, it's called The Pony. Um, it's actually kind of in my neighborhood, which I didn't realize when I moved here, which is really nice. Um, and it's a Chicago bar or it's a, it's a Kentucky bar. And so we've been going there and it's just been awesome to see the games, but it's also a Texas A&M bar. So next week Ooh, when we play man. them. Wait, is that, um, is that where the alumni association goes? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the official like UK yeah. Chicago chapter. Yeah, like I found the one in LA too. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. pretty fun. It's a good did way you, to Did you go to it in LA? Yeah, I went a few times. Yeah, what was it? What was it like out there? Like there are a lot of people. Yeah, I mean there are probably 20, 20 people out there. That's cool. It was a nice bar too. Yeah, it was in the middle of uh, uh, what part of town was that? Well, it was West Hollywood, in between West Hollywood and Hollywood, and it was a really pretty well known bar, so it was cool. Yeah, uh, did they have like UK decorations and stuff at all, or did yeah, they, they just... had like a flag? Oh, that's uh, awesome. On the door where you walk in, there's there were like four different sections of the bar. And yeah, so the bar with the UK section had a flag on it. That's awesome. It's so cool to like just feel that connectedness in the community in a different spot. Oh, yeah. Like the first time I went there, it was it was really cool. And then they serve ALA and Woodford and stuff like very. They didn't do that at mine. Really? They have to. They have to ship in the ALA because they don't sell it in Chicago. So they have like some distribution agreement. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's just cool to feel that community and being even further away in LA is probably even better. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's also it's Kentucky and Texas A and M, so we play next week. So I'm I don't know what to expect, but I'm looking forward to it. Probably more fun. Yeah, I might get in fight. Who knows? I get in fights at bars apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get a reputation like you have in Lexington. <laughs> I don't think I have a reputation in Lexington. <laughs> um, but yeah, the football team's doing good, so. It's good for the school. The school's making a hell of money off of it, if you want to look at it from a business perspective. Um, it's also just great to be a fan right now. <coughs> yeah, that's what I was saying was, if uh, UK can consistently be in the top you know, 25 in the mm-hmm. years to come, UK's going to make so much money, it's stupid. Football makes more money than basketball, even oh, yeah. when we're bad. It makes so much more money, which is crazy because everybody just thinks of Kentucky as basketball, but... SEC football is so lucrative. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. So we are, what, what's the date today? It's the last day of September, right? Yeah. 30th. It's September 30th, uh, Sunday night. We're recording this podcast. It's coming out tomorrow morning on October 1st. Um, 
And it's been kind of a, a crazy news week in the tech community uh, yes. this past week. So um, we we at the beginning of the week, we realized, you know, the big story of the, the Instagram founders leaving. So we really dove into that topic and we're going to get it into kind of an analysis of that and the greater picture of Facebook and acquisitions and founders. Um, but we'd be remiss if we didn't touch upon kind of a follow up from what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, that just came out yesterday um, with Elon Musk and the the Tesla board. Yeah, yeah, no, that was uh, some pretty interesting news. I mean, I wasn't shocked. I mean, he was definitely going to be penalized somehow for that tweet. You know, tweeting that he was going to take the company pub or private mm-hmm. at uh, at a price that was above its current price. Uh, yeah, so it was like a ten percent premium or something, right? It was like a decent. Yeah, it was pretty good premium. I, a big. But yeah, that's a major no-no for the SEC. Yeah, uh, given you know that drives the price up artificially, and it's you know false news. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely no-no. I knew he would get penalized. Yeah, and it was funny the reports that came out afterwards uh, that he he chose that number four twenty because he <laughs> thought it'd be funny because he had just found out that four twenty meant weed. Uh, well, what he, yeah, what he did was he apparently he thought that. Whenever a company goes private, it gets taken private at a twenty percent premium. And so what he did was he did the math on the twenty percent premium for the air price. Came out to be four hundred nineteen dollars, and he rounded up because he thought that'd be funny. <laughs> That's insane. Um, but yeah, so what the it was earlier in the week that the SEC filed a, a suit against him, and the initial claim was that. They wanted him not to be a executive at a public company for three years, not to be able to serve on a board of a public company for three years, um, which obviously would be a, a huge blow to Tesla. And then just yesterday it came out that uh, he settled and he just won't be able to be chairman of the board for three years. He'll still be on the board. He'll still be CEO um, and of Tesla and then any company in the future that goes public or he joins that is public, but he can't be chairman of any public company for three years. So that's a pretty good settlement for him, I would say. And then he also doesn't have to like admit or deny wrongdoing as part of it, which is a good PR move. Um, But I just like, it's crazy that that was even a story and all of that proceeding even had to happen because he might have been high and he thought it'd be funny to tweet about 420 and for, for a, a financial dealing of his public company that had just been talked about, hadn't been anything near confirmed. Uh, and I think it just, I love Elon Musk. I think he is freaking brilliant. Um, but I, he's a weird dude. And I think the fact that that happened just kind of showcases that. Yeah. I think he. I mean, he's always been a weird dude. Uh, I mean, you can watch videos of when he sold PayPal back in the day, and he just looks like a weird, weird guy. Just the way he yeah. goes about and walks and talks, and the way he talks on camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, you know, has always probably been one of those guys that doesn't necessarily fit in. Yeah, but he's just a genius, and you know the fact that he's now. Running you know, all these big major companies, Tesla, and just acquired Solar City, SpaceX, Boring Company, you know, Neuralink. Like he's getting a lot of big attention. And he's doing a lot of big things. The 
press is now paying attention to his every move. He's being followed like yeah. a celebrity more so than any entrepreneur probably ever. Yeah. And you know that, but if you're a weird guy, you're <laughs> going to say some stupid stuff and you, some weird stuff's going to come out in the media. Yeah. So I don't necessarily have an issue with what he's doing on his per, in his personal life, but as far as tweeting that, there's definitely an issue with that. But sure. you know, if he's just a weird guy, you can't, can't do anything about that. Yeah. And you know, I said I said weird, and and that's what we're using. That's probably the wrong word because I don't think he's weird in the sense of he's odd and he's out there and nobody understands him. I think, especially in the engineering community, there are a lot of brilliant oh, people who are like him, and it's socially awkward, socially um, stagnant. I don't know how you would say it, but it's just I'm sure everybody knows somebody like that, somebody who's brilliant, but there's just something different about. The, the sociality of that person and that's just who he is but like you said on a massive scale just because of the attention that he has every day yeah and i'm sure that even you know makes it worse i'm sure that amplifies it uh i'm sure he feeds off of that every once in a while especially on twitter mm-hmm. yeah and that's he another thing advantage he, of that attention. he lives in 2018 where everybody has to share everything and so that just makes more a better chance of something like this happening yeah. But in the end, I think it's a good settlement for the company. I think it's a good settlement for him. And I think it, it's a good kind of slap on the wrist that says you can't be just tweeting financial dealings of your public company. So in the long run, I think it played out well. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm glad we touched on that. That's kind of a direct follow-up of, of what you were talking about with Elon a couple weeks ago. So it's kind of cool to see that play out in a good way. Um, but so we had been talking earlier this week off air just about Instagram uh, and, and the founders leaving Facebook. Um, so we we realized that we wanted to dive into it and look through, I guess, kind of history. It's almost like we did a little bit of historical research here. And what we've realized is that over the years, Facebook has acquired all these companies um, and the, the idea is that they're going to run independently. They're going to use the the power of Facebook and the resources of Facebook, but they're going to stay independent and these founders will be able to run their own companies. Um, But more and more over the last year, coupled with all the controversies Facebook has been going through, it also seems like they're trying to rein in everything that's going on with these subsidiaries. And their three biggest um, acquisitions have all led to very public exits by the founders. Um, and then the fourth one has kind of been under wraps. Um, they haven't really talked about it much, but it seems like the founders are gone and a lot of the staff is gone too. So I think the, the era of Facebook parenting companies is completely changing right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, on a high level, you know, we'll dive into each individual acquisition, but at a high level, what's going on is, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook are acquiring these companies under the impression that they're going to be independent and come to find out, you know, after a few years of being run independently, you know, slowly Facebook uh, executive team and Mark Zuckerberg work their way inside and, you know, make small changes. And eventually those small changes get bigger and bigger. And, you know, it ends up frustrating the founders and they get pushed out, which is exactly what happened with Instagram. Um, And that's what it seems. It seems like that with all of these, that it's kind of over time, like, Oh, there's a little disagreement here, a little disagreement there. And then when you're running, a business that has millions of users that just can balloon so quickly. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, let's get into the the examples here. Let let's do um, Instagram last because it's kind of the the biggest one in the news. Let's just go back a little bit. Um, one that really is interesting to me um, to start off is Oculus. Um, you know, Oculus VR. You've probably heard of the Oculus Rift as one of their their products. Um, Facebook acquired Oculus in 2014 for two billion dollars um and there were a couple co-founders but but the biggest guy was palmer lucky he's actually just two years older than us evan he's a young dude Uh, he's a talk about geniuses he's he's one of them um but so oculus got acquired by facebook they they came into the menlo park campus all these companies like get their own little offices on the campus which i think is really cool um it's almost like they're setting up a, a carnival of all these little companies that are just dotted around this this bigger campus um but there was a very public exit of palmer because of politics basically and oh yeah rumored yeah, yeah rumored to be about politics um but mark zuckerberg said it wasn't at that congressional hearing yeah i mean who knows what it was for but at the end of the day, uh, you know, Palmer Lucky created, you know, a great, great product that makes sense and fits within mm-hmm. Facebook's long-term vision. Um, at the time, based on what I read, you know, they had the best product in the market as far as what VR was. Oh, for sure. Um, and the most accessible know, like, one, too. Yeah, yeah. And so Facebook's whole move here, whether they try to push out, you know, the founder or not, is to make VR mainstream. And I don't think anybody has the chance that Facebook does to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're rapidly throwing a lot of money into it. You know, they're launching new products. They just launched a new one. Uh, it's supposed to be coming out in uh, 2019. Uh, a, new, a new headset that's supposed to be, you know, no wires. You don't even have to plug it into a PC. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's stuff like that that Facebook's trying to push forward and uh, get out into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the the issue with Palmer Lucky was he he donated to a bunch of anti-Hillary Clinton um, super PACs and organizations and, and whatnot around the 2016 election. Um, and that obviously in the tech community was not popular. Um, so there's a big kind of outcry against Oculus and against Facebook and everything. Um, at the When Mark Zuckerberg just testified in front of Congress a couple months ago, he said, it was a personnel issue and he didn't leave because of politics. Um, but that definitely impacted the business of Oculus. So my theory would be there's some kind of connection there. Um, but another, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there was, you know, just like with what we're going to talk about the other ones, there was yeah. slowly, uh, you know, the, the Mark Zuckerberg and, and Palmer were probably slowly uh, distancing themselves from each other. Because, you know, when you get acquired, you have to give up, you know, your independence. You have to give up a lot of your decision making um, over time. And I'm sure that was happening. I'm sure the political stuff didn't help. I'm sure that kind of pushed everything over the edge. Yeah. But overall, you know, long term, Oculus is going to be a huge part of their strategy, whether, you know, the original founders there or not. I don't think they're going to change anything about Oculus, you know. 
so they they just did you you mentioned they just introduced a new product they just had the their like annual keynote basically and it was mark zuckerberg and a couple other executives at facebook that were up there giving the presentation and introducing the new products where in the past it has always been the oculus founders um and so that was a very visual representation of kind of this trend of bringing everything more in-house yeah i mean i i it's weird to see that it's it mm-hmm. kind of you know sits weird with me to see a great you know company get acquired and then the founders get pushed out and it's happened you know we're going to get into it but it, it happens with every company facebook acquires and yeah. it just doesn't seem right um mm-hmm. there needs to be some kind of synergy there and you know teamwork and it just doesn't seem like mark zuckerberg or his you know executive team is willing to do that yeah uh, i have a i have a point to make on that but i'm going to save it for the end yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's Oculus VR still kind of under wraps, not as under wraps as uh, and that was their third lar- largest acquisition of all time. Their fourth largest acquisition of all time is probably even more under wraps. It's this company called uh, LiveRail. They do like video advertising. So if you own a website and you have videos on it, you can run pre-roll ads and you can make money um, and you can have really good targeting just like you would on Facebook. So the idea is that Facebook was going to acquire them and build out this thing that they now have called the audience network, which is exactly that. You can target like you do with ads on Facebook, but anywhere online. Um, so LiveRail was supposed to come that, become that, but apparently there was some problem with an integration or something, um, and they've just kind of been real quiet about it. And slowly over the last few years, last four years, um, a bunch of the staff has left. Both of the co-founders are now gone, um, and there's really been no news of what's going on with that technology. But if you go to their website, it uh, it redirects to the Facebook audience network. But we know that that came from a different acquisition, that piece of technology that has become the audience network. So that I think yeah. that failed maybe as a business move, but it also failed in a way to make the whole staff exit the company. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know much about that. Yeah, and that's intentional. I was doing yeah, the research sure. into this, and they, there's like nothing out there. Hmm. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, so those are the two kind of more low-key um, acquisitions and, and big blow-ups in the Facebook world. Um, but these next two are, are the really big ones. So let's get into WhatsApp. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I'd like to start like kind of the growth of WhatsApp Yeah, and what they started as, um, which was just wild. Um, I, you know, I, I do a lot of research on a lot of companies and Instagram and WhatsApp, their growth the time they started to when they got acquired was just wild. You know, at one point, uh, WhatsApp was getting, I think, a million new users a day, which is That's just insane. crazy. And by the yeah. time they got acquired, they you know already had the majority. They were so far ahead of Facebook Messenger that Facebook basically had no choice but to acquire them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read one stat that they processed more messages than the entire U.S. text message technology SMS. that the carriers operate. Yeah, which is insane. There's more WhatsApp messages than there are text messages. Yeah, and that's what you know messaging is going towards. It's moving away from you know, a lot of the couriers towards these messaging platforms like WhatsApp, mm-hmm. WeChat, yeah, and services like that. So it's a good move by Facebook to acquire them while they were still the size they were because now they're 1.5 billion mm-hmm. uh, users, and I think when they acquired them, they were around 350 or 450. That's that's just an insane insane amount of users. <laughs> Like, no, yeah, 
That's a huge percentage of the world population. Well, and, and, you know, when we had done our research, we have in our notes here that, you know, the founder uh, was an immigrant from Ukraine mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, was trying to create a communications platform because he knew how it felt, you know, to have to communicate uh, from the U.S. to, you know, Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. So that's that's part of the. I mean, let's get into it a little bit. So I, basically, the disagreement there on a super high level was that there was just a it seems like a fundamental disagreement between Mark Zuckerberg and the founder, uh, I, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Jan Quom. Quom, I'm just going to say Jan. Um, Jan and Mark Zuckerberg had like a, a fundamental disagreement in what was important to them. Mark Zuckerberg's the CEO of a public company. He's running a business. He needs to make revenue. He needs to retain users. Jan was an immigrant from Ukraine, and he was trying to communicate to family back in Ukraine. Um, and there's a lot of geopolitical issues with that region of the world. And he was afraid that the communications might've been bugged by Russia. Um, they are not private, all these, all these issues. And so privacy and encryption was his number one thing. And he, cre- he set out to create a company that would be completely private and completely encrypted. And he ended up accomplishing that. Um, and he actually accomplished the encryption after they were already acquired by Facebook. They were acquired in 2014 for $19 billion, um, which is absolutely insane. Um, yeah. I mean, he was just starting a company for the pure user experience of communication uh, through Messenger. Yeah. And, and the, the feeling of safety and of absolutely. ease to communicate across the world. Um, but so he, you know, they sold to Facebook and he moved his team into the Menlo Park campus um, and they were working and, and slowly um, Mark just wanted to start doing more business moves and be able to take the user profiles from WhatsApp and integrate them with their greater user profiles to be able to target data, um, to target ads based on all that data. He wanted, there's rumors, he wanted to read the messages so you could target based on what you're saying in your messages, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that obviously was fundamentally opposed to why the company was created. So things kind of bubbled up between the two of them. Yeah. And this was after Facebook promised, you know, to never do that. Mm -hmm. They promised to always keep the company independent, make sure that privacy and encryption were core to the business. And, you know, eventually like we, we've been saying all this, this entire podcast that that trust dissolved over time as more asks were being made. I think the first ask was, to collect the phone numbers of all the users of yep. WhatsApp and then to collect their uh, device IDs and uh, you know track what kind of devices were being used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they did end up doing that while he was still at the company and that was for security purposes, but then it just kept going um, further than that. And he, he left and he actually left 950 million on the table um, from unvested stock which is crazy. He, he was that opposed to where the company was going that he would leave almost a billion dollars on the table. And then um, the other co-founder of WhatsApp came out very publicly and, you know, was saying, uh, you know, he's, there was this whole movement after the Cambridge Analytica, uh, you know, scandal that, uh, you know, get off Facebook, delete Facebook. Mm-hmm. And the other co-founder of WhatsApp came out very publicly and said, uh, and actually deleted his Facebook account. Yeah. So that was, you know, definitely a, a strong move on his part. Uh, he even insulted, you know, the Facebook executives uh, on his way out. So it was pretty, pretty messy. Yeah. Um, 
you know, leave all that money on the table, come out very publicly against, against the, the company that made you a billionaire. Um, and I, I think that's probably the most, not visual, what's the word, the strongest example of, of this culture that seems to be happening over at Facebook. Um, the promise of independence can't balance with the business needs. And that when you have such a, a core cultural difference, that just can't work out. Yeah. Well, let's get into uh, anything else you want to cover there before we get into Instagram. Because Instagram was a very similar trajectory, but it didn't, it didn't end as messy. But it, it definitely has more amplifications of, of where Facebook's going, I think. Yeah, let's get into it. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, just like we've done WhatsApp, I think we should start with kind of how Instagram got started. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just like WhatsApp, Instagram had an insane amount of growth. Right when they mm-hmm. started, I think after 24 hours, they had a million users. I don't even know how it's possible. That was that was the WhatsApp growth. They had, was it? yeah, Instagram yeah, had. Was Instagram. That wait, that was when they launched Android. When they launched the, because it was iOS exclusive at first. Um, mm-hmm. When they launched the Android app, they got a million Android users in 24 hours. Um, but they they launched as Instagram in like October of uh, 2010. And by December of 2010, they had a million users. So in two months organically, they got a million. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Um, And I think that's such a lean team. I know I listened to their (laughs) podcast and I think when they got acquired, they they barely had any employees. Maybe it was, I thought it was like 15 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They were extremely lean. Um, but they were actually, before they, they were Instagram, they were this app called bourbon actually, which is a cool tie to Kentucky, but it was just like a a social planning and and social like identification app. What what should I go do? What's the cool thing to do? Um, and part of that app was you could take a picture of what you were doing, um, and you could put a filter on it and you could post it and say, Oh, look, I'm doing this. And also here's a picture of it at the time smartphones were just becoming extremely popular. Everybody loved the novelty of having a camera, but the cameras weren't that good. So you had to filter these pictures to make them look better. So it was kind of the perfect storm. And they realized everybody was using these pictures and it was actually the most popular part of the app versus any of the other social features. So they just said, we're just going to start focusing on photos. Yeah, And then they launched as Instagram. Yeah. The founders met at Stanford. Mm-hmm. But of course, along, they were very well connected. Uh, Jack yeah. Dorsey was actually one of their one of their best friends. Jack Dorsey was an investor early on in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting, you know, all the, that whole group of Jack Dorsey and, and Kevin and Mike just knew each other, and uh, I, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Silicon Valley is so much smaller than it, it seems. I yeah, feel like everybody yeah, kind yeah. of is connected. They're everybody out of the same schools. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they launched in 2010, uh, late 2010. And then in April of 2012, they sold to Facebook for $1 billion. Um, so not, you know, nearly the, the biggest acquisition that they, yeah, it's the third biggest acquisition Facebook's done, but probably the most successful over time. Yeah. I think Um, it came out that they're now worth a hundred billion dollars if they wouldn't have been acquired based on their, Monthly active users and yeah, um, their growth rate. 
which mm-hmm. is I mean, that's a hundred X. I mean, that's, that's insane. Yeah. In six years. That's crazy. Um, but where, where am I here in these notes? Yeah. So, so they got acquired and just like all these companies, the story was, you know, they're going to remain independent. They're going to keep their own team, but they'll be able to utilize the Facebook machine. You know, they wouldn't have to worry about recruiting. They wouldn't have to worry about server capacity. They wouldn't have had to do the boring business stuff. They could just build a great product and they could build their product. That was the story at the time. Yeah. And over time it turned out not to be the case. (laughs) And uh, they just kept getting asked and and pushed towards, you know, monetizing the the product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And I think a lot of that came and was accelerated because of Snapchat. Yeah. Facebook actually tried to buy Snapchat for, for 3 billion. Which, I, yeah, it would have been interesting how that worked out. They probably would have bought them and just spun it into Instagram. I don't know. Maybe. Or I, know. I could see Instagram not being nearly as popular today if Snapchat was bought by Facebook and can they have basically competing platforms. But I guess they I didn't compete at that time because they didn't do stories. So yeah. Um, but, but anyway, anyway yeah. yeah, that's off topic. But, um, you know, it started, from what I was reading, it started with like some content issues you know a lot of younger people were moving towards instagram and there was so much more photo sharing on instagram than there was on facebook anymore and mark zuckerberg beyond just the the monetary parts of wanting to put ads where the content was facebook's his baby you know he created that and he wanted to have content on facebook so there was a lot of disagreements of how content that's posted on instagram should be shared to facebook how it should be identified on facebook as being from instagram um, you know, when you post on on Instagram, you see like the share to Facebook thing. Um, that was a big argument. And then when it shows up on Facebook, it used to say Instagram, if you remember that. Now it doesn't. That was a big argument. With stories more recently, you could share your Instagram story now to your Facebook story. Um, it's the same same concept, and it doesn't even say that it's an Instagram story. Um, so that's kind of how things started to bubble up between them um and then there was a big personnel shift um and it it, the consolidation i think just became too much for these amazing amazing product entrepreneurs who weren't in control of their product anymore well they took off uh yeah so i think the the change in the executive group was they took the vp of product off of instagram and put him in charge the blockchain arm of facebook then they moved um they moved a facebook executive that was you know Mark Zuckerberg's right-hand man mm-hmm. into Instagram's team. And that just kind of, you know, fueled everything going on and eventually got to the point where Kevin and, and Mike left. Yeah. There was this really cool article I was reading. It was called um, the Facebook uh, or not Facebook. <laughs> See, I'm doing it now too. The, the Instagram entrepreneurs have always had great timing. You know, they created this photo app when everybody got a camera, they got acquired when they needed support you know they they have good timing and it was arguing that while all these issues might be a problem at facebook they also just have good timing and know when it's time to move on and maybe it's just the inevitable instagram's not going to be cool in a long time because that's how social media works well i think that's interesting and that's probably part of it because they're such big entrepreneurs and they're such good product people i think when you have a baby like that you, you don't just leave it because it's not going to be cool in a little bit. 
Yeah, no, that was definitely pent up frustration and mm-hmm. lack of creative reign. You know, they weren't allowed to. I'm sure over time their creativity was you know, stomped down, and mm-hmm. you know, they're creative people. They're entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs don't like being told what to do. You know, they just like to be creative and, and build stuff. And you know, if Mark Zuckerberg is the head honcho there, and you know he's the face of the company, then there's not room for others. There's just simply not. You know, you don't yeah. know anybody else who works under Elon Musk, do you? So. Yeah. Eventually, over time, they just got frustrated and said, you know, we're too good for this. We're going to move on to something else, and uh, we're tired of being told what to do. So yeah. that's just what happened. So that's the point I talked about earlier that I wanted to bring up. Um, I think you you said it really well. Um, you don't know anybody who works under Elon. You know, Tesla, SpaceX, SolarCity, that's Elon Musk, the boring company. You think of those companies as just Elon Musk. I think Facebook, we think of that as Mark Zuckerberg a little bit less, um, but we still do. The thing is, Facebook is in the news every single day. Facebook is introducing a new product every single day. Um, And Mark Zuckerberg is one guy. He's one relatively young, first-time CEO guy. And while he did create this thing, is it odd, is it good or bad or neutral that we think of Facebook as Mark Zuckerberg. This whole time we were talking about it, instead of saying the Facebook team, we said Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think over the long run, that's going to be a negative. I mean, Cheryl, uh, you know, Sandberg, mm-hmm. everybody knows her just because of, you know, her background uh, and coming and, you know, adding a lot of operational talent to mm-hmm. Facebook. But at the end of the day, still, Mark Zuckerberg is the guy. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I, I think that over the long run could be negative, you know, um, it, it, it's tough for one person to take on all of that yeah. media attention and burden, especially for a company as big as Facebook. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at Google, if you look at Google, they made some great hires, you know, on Eric Schmidt, mm-hmm. uh, but today Larry Page is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody knows where he is or, uh, no, is it Larry Page? It's um, one of the co-founders. Yeah, the other one. Sergey Sergey Brin. I think it, it's yeah. one of them has disappeared. We literally don't know what he's doing. And again, that's probably because he's one of the figureheads of the biggest companies in the world. Mm-hmm. It just became too much. And I think over time, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is still really young. Who knows if that's going to happen to him or not? But just having that burn as being the top guy is probably. Lean leans towards negativity. Yeah, I think it leans towards crazy situations like we talked about with Elon at the beginning of the show. Um, when there's that much attention and that much pressure on one person, and while he's not tweeting about 420, he's getting in very public disagreements with a guy he paid 20 billion dollars to. Um, and I think shit just gets messy when it's that consolidated. Yeah, and. Listen, I mean, Google, they restructured. And eventually, you know, who knows if Facebook's going to need to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Amazon, surely, at one point, is going to do the same thing. I'm starting to think of Amazon as Jeff Bezos. I didn't before. Uh, I, I do. Yeah. I think, I think the narrative recently has become more Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos. I don't think it used to be like that. I don't know, obviously, how it was operated as a company. But I think more and more he's getting more attention now. Yeah, I, I definitely think of them as uh, just Jeff Bezos. Yeah, 
but yeah, I mean, over time, we'll see if Mark Zuckerberg can you know, take all of that pressure. Um, but so far, I think he's, you know, through all the scandals, I mean, there's definitely been some, some major uh, criticism and negative uh, events for Facebook. But, you know, from the time he started to now, you know, he's done a great job. He's built a, one of the world's, you know, top three, top five most powerful companies, yeah. most influential companies. And, you know, if, if that means pushing out some of the founders that he's acquiring, then, then so be it. But, you know, there's still still some you know sour taste in my mouth from pushing all those people out i think there's just something going on behind the scenes that you know the, the public just doesn't know about